and welcome to Same Minds. I'm Matya. And I'm Ellie. And we're probably the same person. This is our fifth episode, so exciting. Uh, I'd just like <laughs> to thank the Academy and our three viewers. This is great. <laughs> three viewers, two of which we know, and one of which is me. Like, <laughs> out of the two, one of them is me. <laughs> out of the two, one is someone who is actively involved in making it. Let's go. Man, if we were a TV show, we'd be cancelled already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this week I've been thinking about what do we do when, like, the sentiment is right, but the words are wrong. Does that make any sense? Oh. You know, like, we were talking about this earlier in the week, I think. Yeah, I don't really want to give too many examples, because... <laughs> no, of course. But, yeah, uh, what do you do when the sentiment is right, but the words are wrong? I guess, like, it's got a lot to do with being, like, gentle in the way you you correct them, because they are. Their sentiment is correct, so they believe that they're they're in the right, and they know what they're talking about, but you also have to recognize that um, the words that they're saying aren't correct, so you have to correct those, but also keep them... Oh, man, I don't know <laughs> what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, what you were saying sort of made sense. I've been struggling sort of with, though, even if the sentiment is right, the words being wrong can be harmful, and it can have very detrimental effects mm-hmm. and real-life effects in society that can hurt other people that might be at more risk. So I've kind of been struggling mm-hmm. with the, is it okay to be able to be like, hey, I'm all gentle about it. Because even if you do a good thing, or if you have good intentions, I don't know. It's like, is doing something with good intentions still good if it ends up harming someone? Our listeners don't know, but we just took a quick break. Magic of editing, you never heard it. But if nothing makes sense from this point on, that would be why. You were talking about how, even if the sentiment's correct, the words being wrong can have harmful effects on anyone listening, right? Which is very accurate because, um, you know, if... All throughout history, you have one guy, usually, with the wrong idea, who uses his voice and it affects everyone around him. And that's how a lot of bad things get started. Now, a lot of them didn't have good intentions, but the fact that they used their words and the the way they said them in such a way that it brought other people with good intentions into that way of thinking, it can it kind of proves that words can be dangerous. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. I just think we don't have an answer, and that's what the, that's what's uh, blah, 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 blah. that's what's been bugging me. Cause I've kind of been thinking it's like mm-hmm. Hanlon Razor, which is a psychology thing, which says never assume malice when incompetence will suffice as an explanation. But I feel like it's also balanced out with. Fred Clark's law, he's the dude that said uh, sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, which is a very well-known quote in the nerd circles. (laughs) Uh, But one interpretation of that is that sufficiently advanced incompetence is indistinguishable from malice. Mm. So I've been trying to figure out, like, kind of walking that line, and like, I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about intentions and consequences. Mm -hmm. I think it is important to rebuke people when you think when you notice that um, what they're saying can be harmful and is, is incorrect, um, especially with everything that's going on right now and how um, 
people might not mean to be in the way of progress or um, helping the problem, but they can be. They can easily not realize that they are. So I think it's important to still rebuke them, but also not do it in such a way that uh, it's like you're showing them up or you're Mm. humiliating them. Because it's not about that. It's about teaching them what they should be um, looking at instead of what they are saying. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, it does. I think it's also important to, like, really accept that people can grow and change. Mm-hmm. I, I've i been thinking about, uh, decently recently, but because it's 2020, it feels like ages ago, <laughs> uh, where President Trudeau, some video came out of him doing blackface. Oh, yeah. But the overall consensus among Canadians is basically, yeah, mm. I mean... Like, he's not like that anymore, at least this is very much not his public persona, and he's seen in public mm-hmm. being very culturally accepting and aware, and I think overall he's been a fine prime minister. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some people would disagree with you, but yes. <laughs> Everyone disagrees on something. You can send in an email and I will talk about it. Sure. I'll happily make this a political podcast. Whatever. <laughs> or, like, one of my... One of the creators I follow on YouTube, I've been following her for a little bit, posted a video recently where she, essentially, she had a couple things on her YouTube channel that were, like, she's been on YouTube for, since it's been created, so ages and ages, and she had videos where she said some things that were easy to be offended by, Mm -hmm. and were offensive, I think. And she had this beautiful, like, ten-minute video talking about why she's taking them down and why she doesn't feel comfortable posting for a while. And she talked about how uh, it's not who she is anymore. It was never her intention to harm people. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what got me thinking about because clearly she got feedback that although she didn't intend to offend people, she was offensive. Mm-hmm. I think she dealt with it in a very mature way and took down the videos. And she said she's not... She's just going to take a break for a bit and learn and grow as a person. Commendable. We stand mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah, I think her handling of that, I don't know who you're talking about, but I think her handling of that is really good. It's recognizing that while people may be saying, hey, this isn't okay, they're not attacking you personally. They're not saying you're a terrible person. They're just saying this needs to change. And this is not morally the best thing you could be doing. And um People get really easily offended by people saying that they're offensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's all we have to say on that topic, then? I guess so, yeah. It's a lot, and I don't think there's a right answer, as many of my questions so mm-hmm. far have been. Next week, I'm just going to bring you a math problem, or we're just going to do that. <laughs> It'll be nice and easy. It's like, what's two plus two? Um, four. That took me entirely too long. <laughs> Good job, good job. I was I was very scared for a second oh, there. Man. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Um, on a much more lighthearted note, um, I found out about this really really cute um tradition that still exists. It's a traditional European um a traditional European tradition, a traditional European custom, in which um beekeepers would talk to their bees and they would tell them about all the important events that happen in their lives 
uh, like birds. <laughs> Wait, in the bees' lives or in the humans' lives? In the humans' lives. All and right. um, they would be told about like births, marriages, um, people leaving, people coming back. And if the custom was omitted or forgotten, reading directly here, uh, the earth and the bees were not put into mourning, quote unquote. Put into mourning? It- what? <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> then it was believed a penalty would be paid, such as the bees leaving their hive, stopping the production of honey, or dying. So basically, um, the idea was, if you don't tell them, they're going to get offended and they're going to leave you because you didn't tell them about your life. I mean, you never want to offend the bees. That's what the bee movie's <laughs> about, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, so, it's such a cute idea for me. And they don't know how it started, except... There is some speculation that has no uh, foundation, like, at all. They just say that this is what it is. This is what the website I'm looking at. Um, that it is loosely derived. Wow, this is, they're really going out of their way to make sure we know that this is not true. They, you know what happened? They just saw it on the internet, and they were like, yeah, seems like a good enough theory. <laughs> Um, that is loosely derived from, or perhaps inspired, wow, okay, or perhaps inspired by ancient Aegean? Pagan. Aegean? Pagan. No, not pagan. It's A-E-G-E-A-N. Oh. Aegean. Aegean. Okay, weird. Aegean notions it about bees. might just be bees. a misspelling of pagan. <laughs> about bees' ability to bridge the natural world with the afterlife. Oh, all right, yep, you know, they're... <laughs> Natural ability to... Okay. But that's so cute. It's like, you know, people have all their uh, superstitions or traditions where they're like, yeah, this guy in all the robes, the reaper comes with his, like, sky, then he comes to bring you, and they're just like, no, bees will come and bring you to the afterlife. (laughs) My theory is that it started because whatever the European country where it started in, it was just full of lovely people who talked to everything. Like, I don't know about you, but I talked to plants. I talked to every animal I encounter. Mm-hmm. And I bet <laughs> it was literally just like, yeah, people who talk to everything are pleasant people. And then everyone started doing it. And then at some point someone came in and was like, you don't talk to the bees, your bees are gonna die. It's like how, like, if you talk to plants, they grow better, that sort of thing. Uh, but they're bees, which is really cute. It's so sweet. <laughs> Now I'm just picturing a lot of people very softly chatting to bees and telling them their life story. Mm-hmm. Also, if they did that in the bee movie, they could have avoided the whole court scene. So. <laughs> yeah. Every time I remember the bee movie, I'm more and more convinced it was entirely created on a drug trip. Like, everything about it. <laughs> it wasn't just, like, the writing and the storyboarding. The animation, too, was definitely done well on a uh, drug trip. Mm-hmm. I, I only remember very vague bits about it from my childhood, <laughs> but what I remember is pretty spectacular. You should definitely, so. <laughs> definitely rewatch it. That's, that's a gold mine. Man, mm-hmm. some guy, grade nine, copied the entire script for the B-movie and pasted it into one of my classrooms. Really? <laughs> oh, man. It was great. Honestly, it's kind of goals. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of movies, Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to attempt some form of a game. I have found two movie titles. I've watched one of them, and I'm going to just tell you the movie title, and I want you to sort of give me a guess as to what the plot is, and then I will just read you a very brief synopsis. 
Okay, great. So, fingers crossed that you haven't seen these movies. The first one is Baby Geniuses. Okay. Um, I haven't seen this movie. Beautiful. My guess is about a bunch of toddlers who they dressed up in glasses and ties <laughs> for um, the nerdy look. Uh, maybe they have a pocket protector. Right. <laughs> um, who... Uh, basically could take over the world and are challenged because they're so small and can't move very well but their brains are so smart that they know they could take over the world as soon as they get a little bit bigger so i would just like to point out you kind of described boss baby oh i did (laughs) okay wait i have another idea either it's either that all right or it's a documentary about how everyone actually peaks in toddlerhood and everyone's actually their <laughs> smartest at that age and then it gets a slow decline as you get bigger. Okay, so it's <laughs> not a documentary, but it is about how people are smartest in their childhood. So essentially, it's oh. about a baby co, which is a firm. They're the world leaders in infant care products. And they discover that before <laughs> the age of two, you essentially have access to all the known information in the universe. (laughs) So they have this massive study where they're essentially trying to get the information out of babies and, like, understand what they're saying. (laughs) But then one of the babies is a twin, so he escapes and and hijinks ensues. And that's the plot. And it's done with some really, really creepy CGI. I can tell you I've watched it. It's not good, but also (laughs) excellent at the same time. All right, the... Awesome. <laughs> the other one I have is called The Men Who Stare at Goat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, this one is a documentary, and it's got, like, that um, Planet Earth commentator <laughs> in the background who's just um, commentating as a bunch of men of various ages, but mostly uh, 30s to 50s, sits and watches goats. All right. But... It's done like a sports game. They're like, oh no, this one's watching this one. I'm way more likely to watch that. Both as a documentary and as a sports game where you watch men watch goats and that's the sport. Iconic. I'm here for it. I This movie has Ewan McGregor. Did I say Ewan wrong? Oh. How do you pronounce that? I don't know. It's Ewan? Ewan? That sounds better. And George Clooney in it. Whoa. Not small names. No. Uh, but it's about a struggling reporter called Bob Wilson who gets the scoop of a lifetime uh, when he meets a guy who claims to be from a unit of psychic soldiers that have been reactivated for duty. And he's interested because the guy claims that they can walk through walls and kill goats just by looking at them. Oh. And so this reporter gets on some dangerous top secret mission to find the founder of this group. They didn't want to do, like, (laughs) psychic army or anything. It was like, no, these are the men who watch goats. Not even the men who kill goats, just the men who watch goats. Yeah, the men who stare at goats. I guess it implies that they kill them with a stare. Maybe they don't want to give too much away. But I definitely am more likely to watch your version. The poster is really funny because it's all the guys kind of lined up Mm profile-wise into the background, but then the very last guy is just a goat. (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty great. Like, yeah, that's some good marketing right there. I'm in. But none of the guys are looking at the goat in the poster. No. Seems a little misleading if you ask me. It does, kind of. Oh, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> now I want a documentary, like, told by a British person like it's a sports game about people watching goats. I mean, that wouldn't even be the weirdest sport. <laughs> the Europeans have some weird sports. They're, have you seen? They have a thing where they race down, like, a crazy steep hill after, like, a roll of cheese. Like, the big cheese, like, uh, what are they called? I don't know, uh, but rolls. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, roll is the best way to have for it. Wheel of cheese makes more sense. Good job. Yes. <laughs> Words escape me sometimes, okay? I only speak 50% of English, and the rest of the time I'm just making it up as I go. <laughs> but, like, their hill-chasing fort is very intense. Like, multiple people break bone oh intense, goodness. which is kind of crazy. Because... All you get if you win, it, there's no recognition because no one follows the sport mm-hmm. because no one's heard of it. Uh, you just get the roll of cheese. Oh, I mean, like, that's pretty good. Is it break both your legs, <laughs> roll down a hill, possibly get a concussion good? Ellie? I mean, is it? Break both my legs, roll down a hill, get a, possibly get a concussion is basically me on a hike. So. <laughs> <laughs> you give me so much anxiety on hikes. <laughs> So many stumbles. I fall all the time. I'm amazed you haven't injured yourself seriously. I mean, I <laughs> for anyone who ends up listening to this who isn't Matthew's mom or me, <laughs> so the, to the last person, to put in perspective how clumsy I am, I've broken two bones in my body and sprained one. But one was I broke my finger during indoor recess, and the other was <laughs> I broke my toe by stepping on it. So, I'm just, I don't know how I'm still alive to this day. (laughs) Like, I should have. You also once sliced your toe open with a door. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a fun time. Was it, though? Was it really a fun time? I didn't notice until, like. Oh, well, good for you. It traumatized me. (laughs) So, here we are. Yeah, I have a scar from it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. There was a lot of blood. That's all I remember. (laughs) Also, we were at a water park, so it was, like, the weirdest, <laughs> blood-filled, chaotic way to end a day that was already, like, all just adrenaline and water slides. Yeah, because before that, it was at one of my mom's races. So she had just finished the marathon thing. Yeah. Or the half marathon. And then we went to the water park. And I had already hurt myself by falling and scraping up my knee. <laughs> and then I cut my toe open. Yeah, it was interesting. Excellent. <laughs> I'd just like to say props to your mother for running a half marathon, because mm-hmm. that's crazy. She's done, like, no, thank you. three or four now? She's crazy. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she had me as, like, the clumsiest, least motivated for exercise human being ever to walk this earth, but... You don't know, maybe she tripped seven times on all her runs. Every, mm-hmm. every kilometer, she tripped at least three times. Oh. Huh. We can't prove it because we weren't there. It's what's the what's the name? Schrodinger's trip. It's what? That sounds like he's on drugs. Schrodinger. Schrodinger's cat. The cat you put in the box and you don't know if you killed him or not. What? You never heard this? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a theory. I think it's a quantum theory or something. But basically, it says you the guy. Schrodinger was really into animal abuse, <laughs> but basically, or he didn't like cats. I don't know. Uh, you put a cat into a box with a bomb that is 50% to blow up or and 50% to not, or, like, gas mm-hmm. or something that's to go off, and you close the box, and the bomb goes off or the cat goes off, 50-50, could be dead or alive. 
before you open the box, both possibilities exist. So the cat is both dead and alive. But it's not. It's either dead or alive. You just don't know. Right, but before before you open the box, both exist. Both possibilities. No, both exist. Both have happened. No. That's the theory. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Is he also the one who was like, if you put a frog in boiling water, he'll jump out, but if you slowly increase the temperature, he'll just die? I have no clue. I don't- I doubt it. <laughs> I I think his animal cruelty only extended to cats. <laughs> Could be wrong. Uh, so Schrodinger, he was an Austrian physicist. I can't believe you've never heard of this. I've heard of Schrodinger. Uh, Schrod- oh, it's quantum quantum mechanics. You've heard of Schrodinger, mm-hmm. but not this theory specifically. Yeah, so it's quantum superstition. It's a hypothetical cat that may be simultaneously both dead and alive. But. Only those possibilities exist. One of those things has already happened. I don't understand. No, but both have happened. Because it doesn't... Before you open it, both have happened. It's like if you were to have timelines. Before you open it, both timelines are possible. And then once you open it, the other one collapses and the other one... And the only true one exists. No, whether or not the bomb goes off is when the timeline (laughs) splits. What? Okay, it's quantum. Nothing you know actually applies. (laughs) Do you ever look at quantum anything? It's just like, oh yeah, gravity? Fake. Who cares about it? You're like, okay. It's the whole, you know, a donut is also a mug. Because they both have the same number of holes. So you can just shift them. Might as well be the same thing. And you're like, no. No, I definitely don't want to eat a mug. (laughs) Or put hot beverage in a donut. Actually, that would be pretty good. I guess that's where coffee and donuts comes from. But you need the mug first. Yeah. Sorry, that was a ramble. <laughs> yeah. Here, this might make more sense. Basically, it implies that the cat remains both alive and dead until the state has been observed. That's ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the entire thing exists to uh, explain how ridiculous quantum mechanics mm-hmm. are. So, I think it did its job. <laughs> okay. Um... On a different note. <laughs> Alright, let's go. No more cats. We don't condone animal abuse, so here I, we are. I saw this whole super long Tumblr rant thing, which you might have seen or whatever. Probably. We are the same person. <laughs> um, About how basically as soon as electricity was a thing, people were like, you can make toast with this and made electric toasters, but um, <laughs> they didn't have the whole heating element thing, so there was not... There was a not insignificant chance of it just exploding. Oh. And they were like. <laughs> That's bad. They were like, eh, it's worth it. Toasty bread. Let's go. <laughs> they were addicted to toast. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was. Was this the 1800s drug toast? <laughs> but not just 1800s. Like people have been making crunchy bread by heating it up like since bread, basically. I think. Our brain just likes the crunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. The only explanation my I can come because, to. Because um, our brain must like the here, crunch. Here, I have a screenshot. I'm going to show you. Because uh, before they had electric toasters, they had these, which were just like Oh, those. it's like what you use when you go yeah. camping. They're to make And then before things. those, yeah. in the like Victorian England, you had these. Which were just... Pitchforks? Yeah, basically. Tiny pitchforks that they would put their bread on and put oh, it in a right? fire. Like, <laughs> people are addicted 
to warm bread. They were all drinking beer all the time. So they were probably a little high. Maybe carbs just taste really good extra crunchy when you're high. Or in a hangover. Who knows? We don't. (laughs) Well, they probably weren't in a hangover because it was really diluted beer. Oh, true. It's just that beer was the best way to make sure your water wasn't infected Mm -hmm. with stuff that would kill you. Which also makes a lot of old literature make a lot more sense if you just assume everyone's slightly tipsy. Oh my goodness. You're like, oh, I get it now. (laughs) Okay. Justin Bieber, this is, oh my gosh, this is a, like, 180, head spin, your neck is gonna break, I'm sorry. Justin Bieber has a new song, possibly? I don't know. I just heard it, so I assume it's new. What's it? It's called Intentions. I have lyrics, so I'll read them to you. But there's a couple oh, things. Oh, I know. Like, it's, uh, these are my only intentions. Oh, we're gonna yeah. get sued. Sorry. It's, all rights go to Justin Bieber. <laughs> there we go. You sang it. You sang it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, also, we're not making any profits. What are they gonna sue us for? They'd spend more money than they make. Uh, it's not a bad song. It's a little whiny. Not exactly my favorite mm-hmm. song. But there's a couple lines in it that just... What? Heart full of equity. You're oh, an I asset. S- <laughs> I sing that <laughs> extra loud every time. I'm like, this makes no sense. <laughs> it's so confusing. <laughs> also, stay in the kitchen, cooking up, cut your own bread. <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to tell us that we should cook things or if that we are financially independent. I... <laughs> also, what does it mean if I'm an asset? Is someone buying me? Um, I guess. Like, is an asset that they have you, like, they're better because of it? I guess. It just, it feels bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the stay in the kitchen part, I think, like, cut your own bread, it feels like he's telling us to bake our own bread instead of buying sliced bread. See, like, is there, like, a conspiracy <laughs> theory about sliced maybe bread? Maybe it's just a callback to quarantine. Um, oh, maybe it is a conspiracy, as I said. <laughs> I think it's just a callback to quarantine, where everyone started making their own bread. Um, we're still in quarantine, but the bread phase is past. <laughs> We've cut, yeah, we're past the point of bread and kind of into the point of let's overthrow the government. <laughs> but you know that's fine. <laughs> Another line, triple threat, you a boss, you a bae, you a beef. What? I don't know. I don't, I, the, the thing that bugs me is he probably has a lot of producers. <laughs> so it's not like he's some guy that's alone in a studio making this, writing this, producing it. This had to go through people. And everyone was just like, yeah, that's great. That's a great Everyone lyric, will love honestly. it. You're an asset. Stay in the kitchen. Make your own, cut your own bread. Great. I mean, in that way, too, they also let him produce Yummy, which is like the least creative song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think they're just making songs for TikTok. <laughs> oh, I see. Also, this is the song is like super dated, specifically because they say, You're my rock, my Colorado, which I don't know what that means. Got that ring, just like Toronto. What? So dated. Ring does tr- what? Oh. Ellie, what am I missing? Ellie. I don't Basketball! Basketball! The Raptors oh, yeah. won by the ring. Everyone in Guelph was super okay. happy about that. And everyone in Cambridge was like, yay. Wolf was so hyped. The number of Raptor merch I saw went up exponentially every day. Oh my goodness. Though there was this one guy in Cambridge who, um, I see every once in a while, like I see him multiple times, um, who 
always is like head to toe raptor stuff. So I guess he was pretty ecstatic. When you say head to toe raptor stuff, I immediately think he's just dressed up as the mascot. I... <laughs> like he's in a full mascot costume. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. I would do that. I would go around dressed as a dinosaur. You don't even know. That would be so fun. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I would like to say, having looked up the mm-hmm. lyrics, all the things in parentheses make the song much better. Because it's kind of just like the random like hype stuff. Apparently Quavo's in this song, because they say mm-hmm. Quavo, apparently, in it. Quavo, no cap, 50. It's 50-50 percentage. 50. We both gotta admit it, both. It's funny we both listen, both. <laughs> it's a blessing because we both get it, both. It's quite great. And apparently at the end they say, that's all I plan to do. Ooh. What? I'm in. I'm back in. <laughs> Who cares if the song... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh my goodness. I just heard it and I kind of had to go, what? And I didn't know Justin Bieber wrote it because I'm not keeping tabs on him. Oh my goodness gracious. I'm just double fact-checking this thing before I mention it, because we all know I'm not very good at I can't believe you, like, did a full sidestep there from <laughs> I'm fact-checking nothing to I have to double-check everything. Like, maybe just well... check most things. <laughs> okay, um, well, anyhow, this one was worth researching because it's pretty great. Um, so we all know Goofy, right? From, like, Mickey Mouse? Goofy? Yes. The dog. You might have also seen this, but he has so many names. What? He was originally known as... I have not seen this. Dippy Dog. Dippy Dog. With a W in dog. Dog. And then he was called George Geef, or Gigi Geef, implying that Goofy was his nickname. <laughs> yeah. And then he fills... In a comic book, he fills out a coupon with the name James Boyd, which say that that's his name. Is it? And then also... Sources from the Goof Troop, whatever that is, <laughs> yeah. uh, continuity, give the character's full name as Goofy Goof or Gigi Goof, which is likely to be, like, George Geef, which is what they're drawing it from. Gigi Goof um, is an iconic name, I would just like to say. And now he's Goofus D-Dog. Like, he he did not have a consistent <laughs> name for so many years. He's a side character. No one cares. <laughs> I know, but Donald Duck was always Donald Duck. Like, that was yeah, him. Yeah, I thought and Jim then, Boyd was a celebrity, by the way. He yeah, is. He's which I a think a former ice hockey player or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. But he was only James Boyd for one comic, so I think it's okay. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that might just be the writer. Like, I think it's a bit of the writers screwing over the artist. Or vice versa, mm-hmm. where the writer's like, eh, he writes a check, and the artist goes, what's Goofy's name? What the heck? Do write your name on a check? <laughs> James Boyd. Sure, why not? Good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like, the lack of continuity is ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's just, this is his name now. I mean, we all know Mickey Mouse is famous for its continuity. <laughs> That's fair. That is, that is fair. <laughs> but it was still so good. <laughs> when you said he had a lot of names, I thought it was going to be like 
his name is 17 names long. <laughs> no, he's not related to Dumbledore. It's just their abbreviation of the abbreviation comes out to something like Goofy. Oh, my brother's friend, we were talking about this, and I can't remember his last name now, but it's ridiculous, and it starts with Van something, so it's already good. But his first three names are like Graham something Adolf, like it's like so fancy, <laughs> and he's like the like wildest kid, other, like he's my brother's friend, yeah. so he's gotta be pretty crazy, yeah. right? And it's so funny. <laughs> it's like Aberhorn or something. <laughs> I knew a kid who was like something something the third. Oh. And I was like, are you royalty? This is interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently his family just does like first, third, second. So I was like, does that mean like, because he had the same like first name as his father or whatever. And then mm-hmm. third, I was like, do you go by junior then? Is it just you or like your brother also? You just do generational, or is it every boy is just a, I don't know, what's a boy name? John. Every boy is just a John. It's John. John, John. John, John. Okay, John, 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 John. Come to dinner. No, I meant more, it'd be like John Smith the first, John Smith the second. But, like, you have seven boys in the first cohort, and you've got John Smith to the seventh already. It's a lot of Roman numerals. I don't know. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's like my idea where if I ever have triplets, I'm just gonna name them all the same name but with different spellings just to screw over all their supply teachers. That's not just screwing over their supply teachers. That's messing your children up for life. And you. (laughs) Or, alternatively, I would spell all their names the same and pronounce them Completely differently. (laughs) I like that option Which would mean that if a supply teacher or any teacher was reading the attendance, it'd be like the same name three times in a row because they don't have the same last name. Uh, <laughs> and they'd be like, there must be legal issues with that, right? You can't name your children the exact same name. Otherwise, like, you can't have bank accounts. I don't know. I mean, but people in the world have the same name as other people. I don't. That's why don't I don't... live in the same house, but they have the <laughs> same name. This is why I think <laughs> it's an issue. I never met someone with my exact name because what the heck yeah well yeah it's it's a little weird but i guess there must be another eliana wallace and yes um i have met other people named eliana wallace it was really really weird i guess you're registered as separate people mm-hmm. i guess the government knows that not all eliana wallaces are the same eliana wallace yeah i'm an individual it'd be pretty funny <laughs> if you had to name your children like like Instagram handles almost where once one was taken you just can't reuse it. <laughs> oh man, that would be great though. I would like to see the names that would happen then. Well people would actually well that would be the only reasonable excuse for why there are so many different spellings of Bethany or That would make so much more name. sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. You have to name your child like you're putting in a password to a really secure website. You need at least one uppercase, one number, you need one eight symbol. Characters, <laughs> like <laughs> has to be. Oh, that'd be good though. That that makes for some really interesting names and some uh, trying pronunciations. Elon Musk's child would be fine. They succeeded. What's Elon Musk's kid's name? X. The A E thing where it's connected. A dash. X, lowercase now, I, I. (laughs) Hold on. What? Elon Musk kid. Kid name. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's awful. That's so bad. I think they had to change it. 
and it's the only one. His other yeah, kids I don't know how to pronounce fine. it. My friends had a joke going where it's just pronounced John. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Timothy or something really regular. X A I is it a Roman numeral? I don't think so. I I'm not gonna look up how to pronounce it because I don't want to know. But now you know that fact. I think they had to change it because I don't think they actually can name it that. I would just like to say his wife is named Grimes, so... Like Grimes' <laughs> I don't know if she took his last name, but oh, that's, unfortunate. that's where she was coming from. Because <laughs> I've heard of people with the last name Grimes, yeah. but not the first name. It's still not a great last name, either. <laughs> but it's better as a last name than as a first name. No hate to Mrs. Mask, <laughs> or whatever her last name is. No hate. But yeah, that, that's a terrible kind of hate to her parents for naming her that though. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was you really screwed her. <laughs> Says you were gonna name your triplets all the same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, but that's I'm evil. How are your plans for world domination going? Um, they're a little bit held up because of the whole quarantine thing. I can't mm. go outside and stuff, but uh, they're doing okay. I can't reveal too much here. The cops might be listening or something. Right, I forgot we were publishing this. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Speaking of world domination, zombies. It could be a potential. You never know. Uh, the kids that I've been babysitting, in case everyone forgot, I'm babysitting kids. Uh, <laughs> the younger one has been super scared of zombies. Like, he insisted that they're not real. Mm-hmm. And then he's scared just the same. Which is a little odd. Like, he's like, zombies aren't real. But but if they were... Yeah, okay, kid. Mm-hmm. You totally believe zombies aren't real. Uh, so they've locked up one of the rooms in their basement, which, like, would be fine mm-hmm. if it wasn't basically the only room in their basement and if it wasn't their playroom. Oh. Yeah. All right. So we whipped up a quick, a quick zombie keep-away spray, mm-hmm. which was essentially just food coloring, essential oils, and water, oh. and sprayed it all over the room. And that worked. We were in the room again, so <laughs> happy about that. But I think one of their parents must have looked up zombies to get the facts and help prove that they weren't real. Mm-hmm. But zombie ants are a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Also, imagining it happening to humans, I'm scared now. I don't want to go in their basement. Uh, <laughs> but basically, it. A lot of science says it's very particular and it has to be a certain type of ant. There's a lot of chemistry that goes around it. But basically, mushrooms mm-hmm. hijack your brain and your silly little ant brain goes, I'm going to climb some tree, get some really cool sunlight. And then you climb the tree and you essentially clamp on hard enough so you're like basically injuring yourself to the tree. Mm-hmm. And then the mushroom shoots out of your head to grow. Yeah. No, I've seen that. And it gets up really high so that it can spread its, like, spore things so it can kill all the other ants, too. It's, it's horrifying. Yeah. There's a kind of, um, I think wasp that does that, too, where it will, um, it'll lay its eggs in a caterpillar, but it also... Oh, absolutely not. No fun out. <laughs> <laughs> but it also, like, hijacks the caterpillar's brain so it has to protect its eggs instead of just, like... Oh, oh, yeah, nope, it's, it's bad. Control. It's bad. <laughs> uh, I was debating, instead of zombies, talking about insect infestations, because my family's been through the ringer with them. 
And I was like, I don't want to. I'm good, actually. I don't need to rehash that. Oh, my goodness. Today has been, like, a really lazy day. And I kind of want to talk about it. Because I don't know if you ever have days where you feel like you kind of wake up and, like, stall out. Like, you wake up and it's almost like your ignition, you're turning the keys, and there's just nothing's happening. <laughs> That's where I was today. I had no inertia. I woke up and I was like, no, that I did it. That's my work for today. <laughs> It's it's the day of rest. I'm resting. Yeah. I didn't do much today. I think I, I had to do some chores. But I had to do some chores, but that was that was it. That was all. If you have many political opinions, email us. We'll talk about them. Sure. Oh, okay. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Uh, if you have any questions you. at all, just we'll talk about it on here. <laughs> Uh, Thank you for watching. I know this is an audio podcast, but thank you for watching, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye, everybody.